the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to Planted with Sarah Pion. I'm Sarah Pion, your host, and we are on episode four with our guest, Phil Katuri. Uh, Phil Katuri is an American viticulturist. As a vineyard manager, Phil has been recognized as pioneering organic and biodynamic farming in California. He is known as the Wizard of Green and is also the Chief Executive Officer of Enterprise Vineyard Management and co-owner of Winery 16600. Um, he has been highlighted in Wine Spectator, New York Times, various other um, magazines and newspapers and we are so lucky to have you here today welcome phil oh thank you it's a a pleasure to be here and you know i i not only through talking to you but also reading up on you i i know a lot about what you do and how you started but for some of our listeners who aren't avid wine spectator readers could you tell them a little bit about your background in the industry and how you how you came to do what you do well, uh, I <clears throat> I grew up with wine in a sense. Uh, I was born in San Francisco. My folks bought property, and when I was uh, eight years old, nine years, ten years old, somewhere in the, in, in Glen Ellen, California, in Sonoma County. Uh, Nineteen sixty-two, uh, I started making wine with my father. At that point, I was ten years old, um, and it it. it uh, wasn't something that was foreign to me because my grandfathers were both coopers and they made they made barrels, uh, both made wines in their in their basement. So it was something that was always on the table. Uh, it was part of uh, you know part of our Sunday afternoon family meeting meal that wine was always poured, um, and so it was something that I grew up grew up with. Uh, at, Fourteen years old, I started working in the vineyards that were being planted around the, our property on on Sonoma Mountain. Uh, prior to that, I uh, would do gardening and stuff, and I befriended a, a retired colonel from the Air Force. That actually, I was about thirteen. They gave me my first copy of uh, Organic Gardening magazine, uh, and you know, taught me about growing gr- growing tomatoes organically. Uh, you know, my father, my uh, always we always had a garden growing, and you know we had our ortho products because that was the rage at that time. But then, you know, we moved it to be to being organic gardeners in our backyards and in, in, in our property up in Sonoma. Uh, so I just sort of grew up into it. There was never a conscious decision made <clears throat> to work in the wine business, to uh, have a vineyard management company. Uh, you know, I went to Sonoma State, worked in vineyards all through the time I was going to college, uh, taught college for a year, kept working in the vineyards. And in 1979, uh, uh, started a bonded winery with my brother in, on, the, on the family property. And the same year, started my vineyard management company, Enterprise Vineyards. And when did you start uh, 16600? Uh, I started 16600. <clears throat> about five years ago with my sons. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I wanted to do a little bit, something a little bit different uh, than uh, I'm not associated with Katuri Winery anymore at this point. I still sell my brother fruit for his, his project, but I wanted I had a little different philosophy and I wanted to uh, do something with my kids. You know, if you look at the history of wine, 
wine really is a multi-generational business. And, uh, and it's something I hope to pass on to uh, my, my, both my sons work with me uh, in the vineyard and in the winery, and at some point my grandkids. So, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's the, 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 the dream. No, that's awesome. That's, I, yeah, I mean, I think that there's just such a richness about being able to pass down knowledge from generation to generation, especially with something like cultivation, because there's just so much to know. Yeah, and, there, there's so, and if you grew up around it, you know things without really knowing, knowing them. They become second nature. In a, and probably one of the biggest events that occurred in 1979, uh, one of my clients, a man by the name of Myron Freiberg, uh, challenged me to grow his vineyard organically. Uh, up to that point, I was schizophrenic. I had, you know, vegetable gardens and orchards I was growing organically, and I was still, you know, still using Paraquat and, and Roundup in vineyards, and it didn't make sense. And... Uh, and so I took the big step and have not looked back since then. I started in 1980, got our first vineyards certified organic, and uh, have not looked back. Um, and how I approach the soils uh, comes from the organic farming culture, or organic gardening magazine, and from a lot of my friends in that same era. Uh, in the early 70s, late 70s, that we're getting into growing, uh, growing gardens and how to enrich soils. And there's an art to taking care of soils. And, and soils are what gives flavor to both wine and, 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 to, and to cannabis. When did you start growing cannabis? Oh, uh, God. Uh, when I was in college. I uh, graduated from Sonoma State in 1975, so around that time frame, um, and and you know the 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 pot cultivation was just starting to happen in California, you know, and it's you know this is pre pre explosion of Humboldt, where I I sort of look at that that the genesis of outdoor pot being grown in California coming out of the Santa Cruz Mountain area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's where you, you know, sort of started hearing things through the, through the proverbial grapevine about what's going on. And, and, and in fact, I have, I have a magazine still that, uh, that has an article in it by Mountain Girl about, uh, I think it was called Cannabis Tips or you know, Growing Tips or something like that. Uh, it was published in the Santa Cruz Mountains that she wrote an article on how to, how to grow pot. Um, so, you know, a lot of people were trying to figure out how to do it, so we didn't have to all that stuff that's coming in from Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I, that's so cool. You know, it's it's really cool that Mount, that was something from Mountain Girl because I just I just saw her a couple months ago, and I where she's living now. I heard that she's going. She has CBD products that she's actually right. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she's doing a nice job up in up in uh, Oregon with that. Uh, you know, it, it's you know that <clears throat> it came out of the, uh, our the culture of the, of the '60s. And definitely inspired me, you know. The culture of the '50s inspired me. You know, one of my uh, my mentors was was a poet by the name of Gary Snyder, uh, a Zen Buddhist, who wrote, wrote wrote about times living in the Sierras, 
uh, was one of the first ecologists um, that, that I came across. And, you know, uh, there, there was so much that came out of that era that, <clears throat> we did, not that we take it for granted, but it really was our guiding light for, for the types of foods that we eat, the types of wines that we drink, and the types of pot that we smoke. You know, uh, you, you had Alice Waters opening up Chez Panisse and, and giving up people fresh food, you know, fresh fruits uh, and, and real food. You know, not not TV dinners that were to such the rage as a as a kid, and you know, but there's foods that my grandparents wanted to make and what they brought from the old country, uh, and and you know, from this came the organic movement uh, in in California with, with people growing vegetables, growing crops, and my my crop was growing was growing grapes, and uh, you know, in lots of ways, I spent the last. 40 years, 50 years, growing intoxicants, and I want them to be clean cause, and healthy for us. Because there's such comp- there's, you know, there's nothing like a great bottle of wine, a great flavor of wine, and the same thing could be said with with with, uh, <clears throat> with cannabis. And and when you're looking at that, so you've you've been growing your, you've been doing an organic biodynamic cannabis as well that you've been growing for yourself. Would you would you call it that? Oh yeah, I mean, I, uh, my my philosophies are: I don't fertilize my plants, but I enhance the environment in which they grow. Uh, you know, I and th- that comes from cover crops and from compost. And you know, the only and I will make compost tea and then and inject them in my drip systems in both and uh, uh, growing growing pot or growing grapes. And I'll use fish because I'm a big proponent of fish because I love the oils in it uh, and, and, and uh, <clears throat> the phosphorus because it, it, uh, phosphorus really enhances flowering uh, and, and flavors. And, and there's uh, uh, but everything else. I mean, I don't use nitrogen because nitrogen has to be grown in the soil by cover crops because then the plant takes what it needs and doesn't become a, a nitrogen junkie. And nitrogen itself is bitter and gives bitter flavors to both the grapes. And this gives bitter flavors and, and gives too lush a tissue, which uh, in, invites um, more uh, problems, uh, pest problems, uh, mildew problems, mold problems. You want to have hardened off, material, hardened off tissues when you're growing plants. Mm. Over for list. Over fertilization is, is is a detriment, not not a not an asset. Yeah, yeah. With the um, are, do you grow your cannabis and and grapes side by side? You know, I, I have in the past. Uh, right, right, right now. Um, I, I I grow I grow pot as a hobby. I love growing the plant. I, I have a, 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 a garden, which I'll have my, uh, I might have 17 different strains, but I only have my six plants that I'm allowed to have there. Uh, but there'd be a lot of different strains. And it's, it's uh, I love breeding plants. Uh, I love seeing, seeing how the different, different, different strains grow in the flowers that they produce. 
uh, and it's alongside one of my, one of my vineyards. It's, in, it's, it's, you know, that's the beauty of with the legalization of medical marijuana 10, 12 years ago, being able to, to uh, grow hot out my back door instead of having to grow it in a, in a, be a gorilla grower. Oh, yeah. I've done that younger, but I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think there are any synergistic effects of growing them near each other? Uh, well, you know what? <clears throat> I have to be careful that I, I can't overwater my, my, my pot plants because it affects my vines that are down, downhill of them, and, they, and I don't like to, I like to dry farm my, my vineyard. So there, that there's a, uh, and, and to me, a, a, a perennial plant doesn't need the amount of water that an annual plant does, you know. Um, so, the, you know, that there's, uh, you know, they, 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 <clears throat> they both like the 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 the, the soils that I grow them in, put it that way, and, and you know and, and you know I was you know, this is really off the wall, but I was talking to to uh, a, a neighbor the other day, and about when the vineyards are younger and we're not and we're they're not producing fruit yet, I would like to use growing CBD hemp. In, in in between the rows as a cover crop, and uh, and and try this, you know, because then after you harvest the flowers and and and, and leave the, all that carbonaceous material in the cover crop in, in the in the ground to help build the soils up, and I you know I thought wow I wonder if the county would let me do that but you know that's asking a lot at this point. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of testing and surveys that go into to doing all the growing. Um, what was I going to ask you? There, I, what you were mentioning about hemp was really interesting. Um, what do you, when you're looking at, actually, I was going to go back to growing outdoors versus indoors and the quality of the flowers. What do you see, where do you see the differences with aroma, taste, effect, with something that is of the quality that you grow that is organic, with the sun, Versus something that's been carefully cultivated indoors. What have you noticed? Well, you know what? Um, I won't smoke indoor pot, and uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I <clears throat> uh, years ago having conversations with other farmer friends and talking about number one, you know, we're growing a medicinal plant, and the best medicine is sunlight, and uh, and I understand. I understand the necessity for doing it. You know, you you, you wouldn't have uh, a cannabis industry in Colorado if they weren't growing indoors. But where I live in California, in in in, in, a, in, a, in a Mediterranean climate, uh, and I want to I want to plant a seed. In fact, my favorite plants. Are the volunteers that come up in my garden uh, in the springtime? Uh, you know, because you know, I'll admit it, my plants are not totally seedless because there's always a, a little seed in it. Because I have my philosophy behind that also. Uh, but you you take a plant that's grown by grown by seed in beautiful soil that has never been transplanted, and you don't have to you don't have to trellis it. It's strong. It has a big trunk, and, and it. it uh, uh, that taproot has never been changed. Yeah, to me, those are magical plants, uh, and I think you get better flavors. 
<clears throat> because you're not growing hydroponically, you're not force feeding the plant. You know, it, it, it's um, like I said earlier. I don't want to use a lot of fertilizer on my soils. I want them on my plants. I want them to grow in soils that have been 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 full of carbon, be it, it through cover crops or or the use of compost or the use of compost teas. Uh, and that that, and that 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 gives you better flavors. So when you're, I've heard before that having not the easiest landscape for a grape to grow creates better flavors. And if you're, if you're applying that to cannabis, that would also mean why sometimes if they're a little stressed out, they might have some seeds, correct? But you're also saying that the, the environmental exposure creates better, better flavors as well. Yes, it does. Yes, and you know what? You can't replicate the fluctuation of temperatures in a a greenhouse that that occurs outdoors. You know uh, that when, as we move into, you know, the equinox is is today. Today is the first day of fall, first day of autumn, and the 23rd. Usually the 20th of 21st, but this year is the 23rd of, of September. The light, the light is the light's changing. The the you know we're we're gonna have 100 degree temperatures the next two days, and it's going to, then it's going to drop down to 70 after that, and and those diurnal shifts set flavors in grapes. I think that and it sets flavors in in in, in hot also, and it's those diurnal changes, those cold weather that comes in, and all of a sudden a plant will start turning purple, and you can't replicate that indoors. Uh, and you know I'm a dinosaur. I mean I, I we, you know we we started growing pot outdoors and. I mean, I've 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 worked with indoor growers in in, in the past, and I'm definitely in, in awe of, of 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 their discipline. And you know, they're getting three or four crops a year. I mean, I, you know, as a farmer, I like taking four or five months off. It's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense. But, you know, in 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 wine, they're always talking about terroir, and terroir. Sure, the word has its origin in 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 in, in soil, in the, in, in, but terroir is soil types, its aspects, its slopes, its evolution, uh, uh, elevation, and it's the attitude of the grower. That's what creates a terroir of a great of a great wine. And as I grow Cabernet, <clears throat> a lot of the, the majority of the vineyards that I farm are on the Mayacamas mountain range that divides Napa from Sonoma. And the Napa side is east facing this Mount Veeder. The the, the 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 Sonoma side is west facing. It's called the Moon Mountain District. And you taste those two the two different wines from either side of the mountain, and they're the same varietal. Uh, it's, it's, it's Cabernet or it's Grenache or whatever varietal I might be growing at that particular vineyard. The same, the same plant material, but the flavors are entirely different. The flavors are entirely unique, and that's the beauty of wine, and that's the beauty of growing outdoor marijuana, is that you capture. You know, I, 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 we talk, we call our wine, you know, grapes with a view. You, you, you capture flavors with an attitude that comes to the environment in which they're grown. Uh, the soils that I have here. 
and the temperatures differences that I have here are different than what what, what happens up in, in Mendocino or Humboldt or in the Sierra foothills. But that's the uniqueness of growing outdoor pot. And, and you know, we've talked about in the past, you know, the the ABA for for cannabis, and I think it's the best thing in the world. You know, knowing what you're putting into your body and where where it comes from, uh, and, and celebrate those flavors and those differences. Um, you know, you're in the industry long enough. You have friends <clears throat> from Kauai to 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 Mendocino to 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 the Sierra foothills, and we all celebrate our 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 place of origin in growing in growing and celebrate the flavors of what we grow. Mm-hmm. And everyone has 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 a uniqueness, and that's the beauty of of growing great grapes, and that's the beauty of of growing great flowers. Yeah, there's. I know there's been a lot of talk and work towards the formulation or the formalization of appellations for cannabis. And I, I think that that's really important that we have that, especially because of what you just said. And also, as as federal, as it starts to be accepted federally, hopefully we'll be able to start doing interstate commerce so people will be able to just like... We now have wines from all over the country, although California, we're known the most for our wines in the United States. But it's always interesting to go different places and try what they have and to see the differences. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's, how, that's how you learn. You know, <laughs> the, I remember, this is six, eight years ago, uh, I, I hired a person that was, as, an, as an intern and um, my 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 uh, my garden is outside my house and on the, on the side of my vineyard, and I was showing them, and I showed them the showed her the, the 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 plants that I had growing, and she goes, I didn't know you could grow pot outside. Uh, you know, and she was definitely wasn't from California. But she always associated marijuana from being grown in, in indoors, and I'm going, wow, you know, and you know, definitely a different generation than I am, and I, and I grew up, and I just sort of sort of chuckled. I said, well, you know, uh, well, this is, we're we're fortunate to be able to grow it outdoors because we have the climate to do it. So, um, and, and it is just a matter of education. Yeah. But what are you gonna say? But you know the the idea of you know with, with wine, um, you know I, I, that's why I love drinking wines from France. I love drinking wines from 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 Italy. I love drinking wines from Napa County. I love drinking wines from Mendocino. I, I want to be able to taste the taste the soils and taste the the landscape of which they're growing on. And so you know we'll see how how this whole industry. Uh, evolves over the next five to ten years. Yeah, I I really, I, I'm with you. If there's nothing like the sun. When I first started working in cannabis, we would get some sun grown, but we mostly got indoor grown. And at that time, the sun grown that we were getting, you know, I it was, we didn't have the people who know what they're doing with sun grown as well as they do now. I mean, at least not in the dispensaries. I should I should step back with that. Um, I, I think sometimes people look at the aesthetics of plants, and because these plants that are grown indoors aren't subjected to the elements, sometimes they can show to be more beautiful. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. They're, 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 they're sexier because, you know, you, you have all, all the crystals are, 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 uh, show up. They're not windblown and, and, and messed with by the environment. Um, but beauty is in the eye of the beholder, too. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all about a picture of a beautiful bud, but I think for myself personally, at least, I, I'm more about what it's going to feel like and the potency. Like, I've been so impressed by just the, the variation feel with outdoor and also just therapeutically when I work with clients, how much more effective it can be. At my, I also, I just wanted to, before I forget, I wanted to go back to when you were talking about your, your dream of being able to, to grow hemp in the times when you're not, when you're um, not growing vines in those areas. I'm almost wondering too, because these plants are bioaccumulators, if it would actually be more helpful for your process of growing organically too. Well, you know, there's been a lot of articles written about the bioremediation of growing hemp uh, on on soils. Um, you know, it, 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 it's a magical plant, and uh, because of, of of the prohibition that we've we've gone gone through, uh, a lot of that, a lot of the studying of of what we could do with it was was put on hold, and I think. You know, when we, you know, going into some of these really screwed up cornfields that have been been been, been just um, full full of, of of conventional fertilizers and uh, and too much nitrogen and actually poisoned, switch, switching those over to happen in two or three years, you're going to see a better quality plant coming out of them. You're going to see more carbon put back into the soils and more biological activity. I mean, and, and that's that's the basis of being an organic farmer is having live soils, and having soils that that are made alive by plant material, being able to compost into those soils, and, and when when you know that's that's why in, in in my vineyards, I grow massive cover crops, you know, uh, a monoculture is the worst type of farming that you could have, and grapes are a monoculture. But my feeling is in growing grapes is from April 1st to November 1st, I grow grapes. And from November 1st to April 1st, I grow flowers. I grow, you know, bell beans. I grow clovers. I, you know, I have various seed mixes to, to help balance the soils to produce better grapes in the future. Um, and, and that's the beauty of farming is enriching the soils, being able to do crop rotations. You can't rotate grapevines, but I could rotate cover crops. So there's so much to learn from any plant uh, and how to make a, a healthier environment for what we live, where we live. And, and, and you talk about the therapeutic aspect of it. Uh, my therapy, you know, when you're farming as much as I do, uh, I come home and, you know, uh, a, good, a good friend of mine's uh, mother just recently passed away. She was in her 80s. A uh, real pioneer, and, and she helped start the flower mart in San Francisco, and, and, and the, the, the uh, supplied flowers and, and produce down at the, uh, 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 the, the ferry building, uh, farmers market. And she said that every day you got to spend at least 10 minutes in your garden. And during the growing season, after putting up with employees and clients, I go home 
and I spend, you know, more than 10 minutes in my garden. You know, I have my tomatoes, and I have my, my pot plants, and, and I watch the flowers grow up. And, and there's such a therapy to that, to growing it, to seeing the, the change. Uh, and that 10 minutes is what grounds me. And, I, and I'm in the soil all the time. But that, that 10 minutes walking through my garden is what makes my day better for the next day. And, and uh, the other thing that she said <clears throat> was that your garden should only be as big as, big as it's not a hassle. You know, if it becomes a hassle, your garden's too big. And I keep thinking about that. <laughs> Maybe I only should have one acre of grapes instead of 700. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, like, I like biodiversity. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Well, when you decide to uh, to pare down, are you are you going to have Sam take care of the rest of it? Uh, we'll figure it out. You know, you know, I have, I have both both my sons are involved in it. And, um, you know, my uh, my grandson likes riding on tractors, so we'll see what happens. You know, and you know, you know it's an it's an inevitable thing. It's like I said, grape growing is a multi generational. Uh, business, uh, it's a lifestyle, and farming in California is a lifestyle, and 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 what what's exciting about the legalization of of marijuana in the United States in California is number one. It happened in my lifetime, and uh, I see an industry, you know. That is, it's almost too industrial and it's, and it's too corporate. But the wine industry did, went through the same, the same, the, the same growth, growing pains, and it's still going through the same growing pains. And you're always going to have your two buck chucks. You're always going to have your pre rolls coming out of a out of a dispensary. But then you're always going to have that bottle of vintage wine. It just knocks your socks off after 20 years, and you're always going to have that nice bud growing on somebody with love on, in the full sunshine on a, on, a, on a mountain slope. That just, just the beauty of it and the aroma of it just stops you in time. And I think I look forward to the stratification of, of the cannabis business so that both those types exist. But the one I want to be involved in. Uh, and and, and what I look forward to is is that that upper two percentile that that has that, that maintains the art of growing plants, where it's not a it's not for sure it's for commerce because you can't separate all that stuff out. But there's an art in growing it, and, and that art becomes uh, the capturing of the sunlight, and it's great. And I think we'll see that over the next 10 years. I hope so, because when we were just medical, we we just had a very different landscape. There were so many boutique growers. There were so many amazing flowers to to be had. And right now, we're, we're really, we've got a little bit of a, a desert going on right now. It's the corporatization of cannabis, though, you know, it, it's, it's a natural part of legalization. It, it has changed the landscape for individual growers, especially with the distribution models that are in place now. Um, what you're saying reminds me of um, back in like the late 80s, early 90s, when even like um, microbreweries started coming up for beer too. That when I was in college, I worked at a 
a newly farm mar- or newly formed microbrewery, and it was really interesting to see people having more of an artisan interest. And I I really really hope that it's sooner than later because I feel like we're going to lose some of these amazing genetics that we used to have access to. Oh, I I couldn't agree with you more, but you know I think. You know, um, uh, I, I, I do think that I'm not alone in, 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 in what I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, 20 years ago that were the big pot growing going on and the, the genetics was starting, you know, um, and people were, were working with it. Uh, you know, I have a friend, again, who in Hawaii who has, 300 different strains, and, and, and that go back to the original Choir Electric, the gold, and the original Santa Marta Gold seeds from the, from that, and you know, and it, it, it's it's uh, uh, um, it's those obsessed people that I, that grow great orchids in the, in, the, in the world, and their passion is not to make money off of growing the orchids, but they just grow the orchids to keep and breed the orchids to keep these strains alive and create new ones. And I think that you all that these are the people that we that will rise to the top that we need to cultivate to the top because they're they're the they're the ones that that understand the beauty of the plants, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's. That, that's, that's you know, I, I, that's getting out there, but it's, it's um, it, there 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 is some incredible genetics that have, you know, when you when you clone things too many times, it's a clone. When you when you take when you, you use the mystery of seed, and and, and the R factor of of, of that, that you create, um, you create a new you know, it's that's why we don't want to clone people. We want to create new babies. <laughs> you know, we want something that is, is definitely has 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 a heritage, but has its own its own personality, mm-hmm. and that's growing. That's that's something that is sometimes hard to explain to people who visit a dispensary, especially when they come in and their favorite flower is out, that we've lost touch with the fact that what we're dealing with is a plant that needs to grow. It's not something that's manufactured in a factory with a machine. Um, and, And I guess one thing I would like you, if you could, explain what happens when when we just continue going from clone to clone with a particular flower? You know, I don't, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I have grown clones. People have given them to me. And to me, they're not the strongest plant. And, and they, they tend, you, know, you constantly have to keep the, the mother plant made fresh uh, from, from the clone. But, uh, you know, the, to, to me, the most amazing thing in because in, in the garden I grow, the areas I'm growing, I've grown pot for the last 15 years, and uh, and because of, of uh, you know the neighbors or the 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 the, the rogue male that, that that pops its head, to, and there's always some little bit of seed that gets bred in there, and uh, I get volunteer plants in my garden. And this, and when you have a plant that grows from a volunteer, from a seed, and it's never transplanted, it it grows there. You don't have to trellis it. You have a trunk on it that gets the size of my arm, and 
and it, it, uh, uh, it, beca- it and even though it, it could have been uh, a, a, a Stilton, an OG, or what, whatever, whatever its genetics came from, to me that's a new strain that has become indigenous to the area where it's being grown, and that gets takes all the strength. It's like the survival of the fittest, and that's that's the basics of 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 of, of, of genetics. You know, when the the one the one plant that comes up and, and goes through fruition and and uh, you know uh, reaches reproductive fulfillment, you got a very well balanced, healthy plant. Mm-hmm. And I think you get more. There's more m- magical properties to it than something that's just another clone that's grown in, 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 under lights. Yeah, I I think that that's that's where I look at like kind of the separation of like the heart and soul of cannabis with just manufacturing something over and over to fill a need is that you you do lose a lot of those amazing qualities and especially and I wonder about the impact of the therapeutic qualities as we start to get into more research because one thing we're seeing is that you know, having like, for me, when I went through cancer, I tried Marinol, which was synthetic THC. It was not helpful. We've shown through research that, you know, you need to have the full spectrum of what's showing up in your cannabis to achieve optimal therapeutic results. And I'm wondering if we're eventually going to turn back to having things be more outdoor because it's more efficient, or if we're going to be looking at more commercialization, more... I guess, like institutionalization of cannabis, whether hubris is going to set in again and we're going to start having subpar cannabis available because it can be easily replicated and they're not as concerned about um, the bigger picture. Well, you, you know, I, I, I think you're so, so correct in, in that. And, you know, we're going indoors you you could get you know through lights and breathing you you could get stronger and stronger higher higher percentages of, of of THC but it's just not THC that you want you know you you want the full spec the full spectrum of the alkaloids that are that are in the in the plant of 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 the flavors that are in the plant it's just like you need a little bit of THC to make the CBD work better in, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your body. And the best way of doing that is growing, growing it outdoors and growing it in sunlight. And, you know, but at the same time, you know, the, um, there's not, the whole world is not a beautiful climate like we have in parts of California and other areas. And I think there'll be an adaptation. To, you know, it's an adapting plant. And you look at photos of... of, of, of uh, Plants growing in high elevation in the Himalayas, uh, and uh, they have a shorter growing uh, growing season. They get to full maturity. The buds might not be as big as something coming out of, out of the, the backwoods of, of, of Humboldt, but boy, they're beautiful and they're and they're they're complete. And so that that's the beauty of 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 pot of of, of, the, of the cannabis plant, is it becomes really adaptive to the environment in which it's grown. And that's how, why it does so well in indoors but i just think they're missing something yeah. uh, and i think but you know for you know it's, it's so perfect for our society to have everything taste the same everything be the same amount of thc and the same amount of flavors the same amount of alcohol and, and the same you know there's, there's no fluctuation 
but I get bored of it. I want fluctuation. I, I want, and that's when they talk about vintage wines. It's reflecting the vintage. You know, in in you know, 2018, we had two inches of rain in October, and that changed the grape vintage. And it also changed the, my plants in my garden because they, they got rained on. You know, uh, and, and and so that's the environment that you can't control indoors. You can't create randomness indoors. Mm-hmm. And, and you, know, you could try to grow grapes and make the same type of wine every day, but that gets boring. So, uh, I don't know. I, I just like to express express the site and once it's grown. <clears throat> and that's a correlation <clears throat> that I see between the two plants. Mm-hmm. When you Have you ever encountered um, the auto-flowering plants, the ones that um, are crossed with ruderalis? I've seen them, but I've never grown one myself. My friend has. And I saw one when I was in Hawaii. I find that fascinating because then that's creating regular flowering because of the influence of the ruderalis plant. And I'm just wondering, how do you think that that impacts what the the final the final product? Well, Sarah, I, I, what I'd have to do is grow for two years. I could come up with, a, with, a, with maybe a, an intelligent answer to that question. <laughs> well, I'll ask you in two years. So I'll, I'll do some research and maybe I could get, get some of those plants growing in my garden next year. I'm always yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the, the 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 beauty of it when I'm when I'm given different seeds to be able to play with and seeing the variations that come out of five seeds from the same plant and and and, and you know how the coloration might be a little bit different. You know, there's there's definitely similarities, but I see I see that in grapevines too. You know, when I'm propagating a vineyard, uh, I, I do all field propagation. We plant rootstock, then we then we go through and pick out what we consider is the best clone of, of Cabernet or best clone of, of Grenache, and then we'll go through a vineyard and, and pick out the plants that we like the way they look the best, and take cuttings off of those and and graft them onto our plants. You know, to just to to keep keep paring down the the, the genetics and, and get what we want. And in, in France, the in French, there's a, a massage selection is, is where you get all these different strains of of of, of, of say it's Cabernet, <laughs> and instead of having it all be the same clone from this one particular numbered clone, it's a massage. It's it's Cabernet it might come from five different plots, and those to me produce the most interesting wines. You know, sometimes it's hard to convince a winemaker of that. But once the ones that that embrace that, they they like that randomness of selection, mm-hmm. and, and and you know that's what you know in in, in growing vintage wines, which essentially is what what my company does. Um, that you 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 look for the best quality, not not so much the best tonnage, you know, but and in fact sometimes you know. We might cut off half the fruit that a plant could possibly carry, just to get the best flavors to make the best wines, uh, and and that's you know um, there's a man in Massimo that grows peaches. I, I met him at a talk at, at Chapinier again, where um, you know he, that when a peach comes out, there's the flowering of it. There's five or six. Um, the flowers that, that happen, and you got to thin it down to one or two out of the out of the six, and you want to you want to try to get the, the 
ones that grow perfectly and have complete sunlight and you know you you might you only have a sixth of your of 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 what you possibly could have grown but if you had it all six they would have gone into canned peaches but they were the perfect fresh peach to put on your plate and 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 encapsulate the aroma of what a peach is you you take two out of the, out of the six and um and that's that's how I approach growing grapes, and that's sort of how I approach um, my garden in, the, in my backyard. So um, less is more <laughs> in lots of ways. Yeah, well, it's it's a, a huge undertaking, I think, to get people to understand the amount of care that it takes to create good produce, whether that be, you know, some people do consider cannabis produce. I mean, it is a plant. Um, but whether you're looking at fruit, vegetables, what have you. Yeah. It, it's, you, I'm, in, in what I'm doing, I'm growing cut flowers, you know, and, um, and, and you know, there's nothing like a, a cut flower that you have at your table that, that, that fills the room up with an incredible aroma when you walk in, be, you know, be a, a beautiful rose. The same can be said of a nice fresh bud. <laughs> During this time of the year, I like to bring one into the house every night to show my wife that it's still fresh, you know, because um, I love the aromas. You know? Oh, it's so, and, it's so beautiful. I remember the first time I was, a, a, well, not the first time I had smelled it, but the first time I was able to bring it for other people to experience. I was teaching an education class to Chinese medicine practitioners and especially because of the immense stigma around cannabis and how in that area in particular and just how we have become desensitized to what cannabis is because we either see it dried or processed in edibles. I actually brought a bouquet of fresh flowers to class and they they were amazed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And... and, and the beauty, the beauty, intricacy of the flower, and you know, granted, they get that in indoors too. There's, there's you know, there, there's some beautiful flowers grown, in, and like we said earlier, sometimes a flower grown indoors looks sexier than one grown out outdoors. But you know, I is in the beauty of the beholder. I'll say that, and uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, my my crystals might be embedded in the in, in the flowers a little bit more because of the winds and, and the environment, uh, and. And as they cure, they become more combustible. And, and you know, it's, 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 there's there's uh, there's the art and science of 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 growing pot, and the art part sometimes gets forgotten. And it's, and in and, and, and the art is the magic and and the, and the medicinal part of it. What are you seeing as far as? Um growing and cannabis culture where you're living and I know like a lot of times people like to be a little bit more dramatic about oh you know weed and wine they don't work together they're competitors and I, there's a lot of us who don't look at it that way I mean for example you know you've been quoted in articles there's also wonderful things like the wine and weed symposium that are happening but what, what are you what are you seeing well, you know, there's. I don't think there's competition between the two. Uh, both both wine and 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 uh, cannabis, pot, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, have been around for centuries, uh, and they don't they 
um, don't go after the, 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 the they're they're not going after they're not competing market. The person that is going to use a fine wine and likes to smoke pot is is, is, is not going to choose one or the other. Um, and I think that uh, there's always been a celebratory aspect to to both sitting around with a bunch of friends, passing a joint, sitting around with a bunch of friends, sharing a bottle of wine. There's 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 that celebratory aspect that has gone on again for for, for hundreds of years. Um, and you know, um, as far as <clears throat> them maturing together, uh, I, you know, I, I think because we're in the wine country, you can't, you can't separate them out. Um, and I think there's as much, um, and, and there's definitely you can grow pot in areas where you can't grow wine. And, 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 and like, as you just said, there's a therapeutic aspect of walking through a pot garden, uh, growing outdoors. That's the same thing as going, visiting a vineyard and a winery. Walking, through, walking through, and, and seeing the magic of grapes being harvested, and going through that alchemical uh, transition that occurs from sugar to alcohol, <clears throat> that you get sunlight into THC. You know, there's all these, there's definitely all these this all these similarities, and will they become the same tourist industry? Yeah, they're definitely trying it, um, but as long as one is federally regulated. And the other one is federally banned. It's not going to happen really soon, because uh, the, the the investment of uh, that I have into my into my wines, I don't want to lose it through some um, miss, you know, some because the the the, the federal laws prohibit the two being together, and I got to be able. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's an unfortunate and very true fact. I'm looking forward to seeing not only how um, just the two areas coexist, but in the future when a lot of that changes um, on the federal side, what can actually happen with with wine and cannabis. Although I always tell people, you know, be really careful when you're using both together um, if, if you don't know what you're doing, especially if you're having your wine and then you're smoking afterwards because crossfading is no joke. No, it, it isn't. You know, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in the, 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 there's a lot of you know, experience becoming, you know, it definitely is educational. But I tell you, um, you know, at 67 years old, I'm so happy to see, to see the cannabis being legal, and I, I see it. I see the whole industry being a little bit chaotic, uh, and 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 I see it. But to me, if I was, you know, uh, I'm anxious to see what occurs over the next 10, 20 years. I, I think we are going to see um, uh, a stratification of 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 of, of cannabis, and uh, the, the, the and there'll be times when you re- retire after a night with a with a nice glass of of, of 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 brandy or a great bottle of wine, and go into the other room and have a joint and a wine at the same time. I mean, we've been doing it for years anyway, so why not be able to do it out in the open? Yeah, that would be, that would be wonderful. Um, Phil, I just want to thank you for being on the show today. And I also, on a non-cannabis note, but definitely um, going back to what we were talking about, you know, 
friends sharing wine, also good food. You you all have an event at Winery 16600 regularly that combines that and music, don't you? Yeah, Bottle, bottle Sundays. We, we had one uh, yesterday. We do four a year. Uh, we got one coming up. I think the last weekend in October, and actually I'm going to try to get you uh, 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 to, to, to come up um, and, uh, and bring, bring your paramour with you to, help us to sing with uh, uh, David Gans, as we're going to be playing and broadcasting the, uh, from, from the winery of the same, that same day. I think it's uh, um, uh, October 28th or something. I have to look at the calendar. Um, in uh, October 27th, uh, David Gans will be playing, and uh, uh, there'll be there'll be uh, uh, art in art and wine and music. Now, we we are we always love coming checking out. Last time we came up, David was playing, and and that was great. And I he does his serious radio broadcast from your place, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, if I if I am not uh, on the East Coast doing some education, then we will definitely be there because we always love yeah. spending time with you guys, and we love your wine. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and, and it's always fun seeing you, and uh, I love the work that you're doing, and uh, hopefully, I made uh, I made some sense of, about uh, the, the 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 fun of my life. Yes, thank you, because I I think it's really important. Um, I get a lot of people from the industry, whether it's working with the product itself or policy, and I think that it's really important to hear from people like yourself who are pioneering in general cultivation and also what you do is so closely related to the cultivation of cannabis, and you also were cultivating cannabis. So I think that this is, it was a really rich conversation, and I really... I think that because we've been talking about wine for so much longer out in the open, um, now that we're getting into normalization, actually using um, the reference to wine and some of the, the similarities helps people have a better understanding and conversation. And, and I always say conversation is normalization. Yeah, and, and you know, it's the descriptors of flavors. And there's there, there, there's a big overlap in 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 in, in, in those in, in those uh, those descriptors, um, and, and you know uh, we're always trying to figure out how to how how to articulate the experience, and and uh, and conversation definitely does that. Thank you so much, and I I look forward to our conversation two years from now when you've got your auto flowering game in check. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> Back in two years, what I think. Phil <laughs> <laughs> Katuri, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, next month, we'll have another exciting guest, and please join us again on the Radio Misfits Network. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you. Bye bye. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.